0: Welcome to Mimesis, a podcast about all the twisted ways that art and life imitate each other. I'm Stacey Rourke. And I'm Sandra Sheriff ackerley And we're your hosts on this zany adventure. And your adventure has been icky. So icky. <laughs> the COVID Don't... has returned. It has.
1: But only for the one who hasn't had it yet.
0: Well, there you go. That's why. <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah my my daughter has came down with it, and thankfully, no symptoms
0: <laughs> at all. Her. That's about right. <laughs> I mean, what
1: COVID's now three and a half years in or three years in, and she's just now getting it for the first time,
0: and has no symptoms. So that and kid's immune no system has got to be just top notch.
1: Something, man. <laughs> yeah, but we like quarantined her told her you have to stay away wear masks put food outside her door switch bowls wash hands every time we touch anything <laughs> like she's in prison a little bit <laughs> <laughs> you do not leave this room
0: <laughs> she does have an attached bathroom so she's she good does. she
1: does yeah we're <laughs> like okay you have to shower <laughs> we will smell you <gasps> yeah
0: but she's yeah. she's watching movies. She's having fun.
1: She's having fun. She's got her phone. She's got movies. She's got tons of books. She we told her open our window up for yesterday and window up for a while yesterday because it was really nice. So good, yeah. And then <laughs> I thought little man got it, but no, he just had the flu
0: or like a stomach bug for twenty four hours. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, but again, we've said before, at his age they're tiny little germ magnets. Oh, they so are. They so are. It was gross. <laughs> <laughs> it was so gross yesterday. <laughs> well, and then they grow up and uh things happen. Like they are they have a step up ceremony at their school, stepping up from a high school junior to a senior and you ball your eyes out. That's oh what my happens gosh. there. Oh, I tell you what, that was that was rough. I officially have a senior. She's going did into Did you her cry?
1: Sp- did you get to actually go to the ceremony? No,
0: I didn't get to go to it, so okay. I didn't cry. But um, the part that it did, because I didn't know they they gave all the seniors these you know those crowns you can get at Burger King, those paper yeah. ones. They give all of those to the senior, which, by the way. I want to know who in that school is going into Burger King and being like, I need a thousand crowns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but they gave them all these crowns. And so I didn't know this was coming. Ellie got in the car at the end of the school day and she, she had a crown on and I was like, what's with the crown? And she's like, well, they're officially crowning us as the seniors of the school now. And like, I didn't know this was coming. <laughs> So it was just like an emotional punch to the gut. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? I'm not ready for that. And that's grandma was down at the time. And I looked at her and I'm like, I was not emotionally prepared for that. (laughs) So that was, that was where it got me. And then we ordered, she really wanted to do like a Game of Thrones theme for this crown. So we ordered jewels and stickers and everything. And none of them were going to show up in time. Like, they said they were overnight delivery, but none of them were going to show up in time. And I did not want her going to school without her crown decorated. Right. So (laughs) I went through my craft cabinet and just pulled out, like, anything I had in there. And used it to put together this beautiful jeweled ivy paper flower crown that lit up at the bottom. It was amazing.
1: You sent me a picture of that, and I was like, that's really pretty. And then you sent what it was for, and I was like, I'm not ready. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I can only imagine what you feel being her mom, but as her aunt cousin, that sounds really bad. As her cousin. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> like For those listening we've always called her cousin aunt Sandy because she's technically my kid's cousin but she's the age of an aunt so right right
1: um and like we're more like sisters than yeah aunt niece yeah. um yeah but like just that i was like i'm not ready
0: yeah because when you went off to college she was a newborn
1: yeah, when I graduated high school, she was born a year
0: uh, a year later, a month later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now she's in her senior year. Yeah. Ugh. But the funny thing is, uh, she didn't want to run out the batteries on her crown, so she didn't have yeah. it lit up all day. So she did, she did this super extra thing that I love so much that she would wait until somebody said, I liked your crown, and then she'd go, <laughs> but wait there's more. And she'd click it on so it lit up. <laughs> I love it. And people I were like, it. oh! That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I love that so much. Like, we're gonna have a senior, a sophomore, right? Yeah. And then eighth grader. hmm Like, Emma's gonna be
0: officially a teen in two weeks. Yeah. I'm not ready for that either. <laughs> and not this upcoming school year. The one after that, she'll be in high school. She'll be a freshman. And then it's all downhill from there. That's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, little man can stay little. He's not gonna,
0: honey. You blink and it's over.
1: Oh, I know. I know. He's. We're getting ready to go to his kindergarten graduation in a couple weeks.
0: Oh. Like, Ellie and I go for walks in the evening. And now on our walks she's talking about like colleges she's interested in and programs that she's interested in and like talking like a freaking young adult and it's (laughs) i'm like do you want to talk about barbies american girl (laughs) dolls can we (laughs) can we go back to that please yeah yep oh well
1: but you're doing an amazing job so as are you (laughs)
0: We are keeping them alive, and that's really,
1: really job one. That's all that matters, right?
0: <laughs> to all the parents listening, that's job one. Keep them alive. Keep them alive. And fed. And fed. And clothed. That's what Grandma used to say to me. Her responsibilities were keep, were to keep food in my belly, clothes on my back, and a roof over my head. Everything yep. else was an extra. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we do have a little bit of new business to discuss we do we have what is very cutely called our tip jar yes uh which miss sandra is gonna rattle off the link to that in a minute but it's basically if you are a supporter of the show and just want to help us grow a little bit it is you can make a one-time donation for whatever amount that you want Make it 50 cents, make it 50 bucks, like anything in between. It's just to help us grow the podcast. And uh, yeah, there's no obligation. You can do it and just help us out. Consider it like even buying us a coffee to keep us motivated for the next episode.
1: Yes. And the link is mimesis.captivate.fm
0: support. And we appreciate you for helping us. And if you can't, if you just want to keep listening, that's okay, too. Absolutely. All right. So, Miss Ma'am. I am so ready for this episode. (laughs) How are we a year in and we've never done anything Stephen King related? I don't know. (laughs) I I don't either. I really don't. With how
1: much that both of us like Stephen King, I
0: really don't know. I don't know how we've made it this far. Um, But we are going to be discussing today the winchester mystery mansion and a book sat slash mini series that uh king what is happening there we go i'm sorry my computer the <laughs> setup is so screwy sometimes um a series that he based off of the winchester mystery mansion was which is uh rose red and the Di- diary of ellen rimbauer yes now, for this particular episode, I'm going to concentrate on the diary of Elid Rimbauer because that's what really we're going to compare with the life of Sarah Winchester, who was yeah. behind the Winchester Mystery Mansion. But we do have to give a little love to Rose Red before we go forward because that miniseries was frickin' amazing. It was so good. It was and I cannot find it on any streaming service right now and I really wanted to watch it again especially like looking into all of this it made me want to watch it and I can't find it. So if anybody listening knows where I can watch Rose Red please help a girl out. Are you looking it up right now?
1: I really am because (laughs) I really really want to watch it. It's good.
0: It's good. Maybe on YouTube. Maybe. I think you can find everything on YouTube. Uh, that's what I'm looking YouTube. at
1: right here. I think it's on YouTube. It's four hours and four minutes and 19 seconds.
0: Okay. I can watch it on YouTube. I'm all right mm-hmm. with that. <laughs> um, Before we go into this, you loving all things culinary, have you watched the movie The Menu? I think so. It's like a... No, no, I want to. You have to. You have to. I put it on just on a whim last night and you know I have teenagers, they're always on their phones. Yeah. This movie is so off the wall, you don't see this shit coming. My kids put their phones down and were like, "What is happening?" Yeah. So absolutely don't watch it. Don't watch it with Evan. Emma could oh, probably no, no, no. handle it. Emma could handle it. Um, yeah.
1: but for sure watch it. I was scrolling through TikTok and it popped up and I was like, I need to watch this and I need to watch this right now. Oh my gosh. And I just, I don't know why I haven't yet. Like now that I'm looking at it, it's like,
0: crap, I still haven't watched it. It's like (laughs) comedy and horror mixed together. Yeah. But the way it starts out, like you don't see what's going to happen coming. And then all of a sudden they just hit you with it fast and hard and then it's just... Holy crap. So it's highly recommend. <laughs> what? <laughs> I said it's a ride. <laughs> it is. So watch the menu. All right. Now we have rambled enough. Are you ready to get into it? I am. All right. So uh, as we said, Stephen King based Rose Red in the Di- Diary of Ellen Rimbauer on the infamous Winchester Mansion. And since he's a huge favorite of both of ours... I decided not to do... I just cleared my throat directly into my mic. <laughs> like I haven't been doing this for over a year. Wow. Um. Anyways, since he's a huge favorite of both of ours, I decided not to do the movies or the miniseries, but to do his actual book. Which meant I got to take the diary of Ellen Rimbauer off my shelf and reimmerse myself in that whole world. I need to go and rent it, like from the library. Yeah, I don't
1: know and if read I. read Yeah,
0: I watched the movie. I was gonna say I'm not sure I watched the movie of Diary. Oh, of I'm Ellen not Rimbauer. saying the movie.
1: I meant the book. I want to go borrow the book <gasps> it's and so read good. the book.
0: It's so good. Oh, yeah. Um, we're gonna do. We're going to discuss elements of the book, but I am not going to give away the entire plot because, you know, if you haven't, you haven't read it yet and anyone listening. I haven't read
1: the whole thing. Yeah. It, I think I've just bits and pieces. And then again, I've watched
0: all of Rose Red. Yeah. Um. Well, I I want everyone listening to go get this book and read it because it's, it's pure King where it's just intrigue and mystery and uh, beautifully crafted. So we're going to talk about it, but we're not going to ruin it for you. Um, so let's dig in. In The Diary of Ellen Rimbauer, it starts in 1907, Seattle. We meet 19-year-old Ellen, who comes from a well-to-do family of her own, and she is infatuated with John Rimbauer, Who happens to be twice her age. So she's 19. He's what? 38? What does a 19 year old. Have in common with a 38 year old man? Not a lot. Not a lot. Anyways. The two are are courting. You know in the way that was fitting to that time period. Where it's all about. Being proper. Uh, But. At the beginning of the book, John has yet to propose. Instead, before getting down on one knee, he decides to buy a big piece of land on Spring Seat, Spring Street in Seattle. That's hard to say. Spring Street in Seattle. Yeah. (gasps) With the intentions of building a big grand manor. Now, John's family is loaded. Right loaded and Johnny boy is uh he's pretty skeezy when it comes to women his reputation is very well known as a playboy and later on in the book we learn that there's a little bit more to it than that he's he's kind of gross about it but at the beginning of the book he's determined to win Ellen over so as construction begins on the manor, he takes her to the site to try and impress her. He wants to show her, like, this can be where you live. This can this can all be yours. Yeah. Instead, while they are there, things take a dark turn as a man named Mr. Williamson is shot and killed right right in front of them on the property. And now you would think that this would ruin any kind of romantic notions for the day, like I'm not going to be feeling very romantic after that. I don't know about you. I just watched a guy bleed out. Yeah. Well, no, it didn't. John had a goal for the day and he decided to continue on his track. You okay?
1: Yeah. My wrist popped. Okay. I know. You saw me like, ow.
0: Yeah. It was (laughs) really... So... On his way to drop Ellen off back at her family home, he sticks to his plan for the day and proposes to her. So her day went, go look at construction site, watch man get shot, get proposed to. Because <laughs> that what that's what one does. <laughs> that's a lot in one day. Yeah. But if you think about it, that means the house is... And their marriage were both built on blood. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of... That's not going to end good. No. No, 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 (laughs) no. And it's very, very ominous for what's to come. Yeah. Now, on November 12th, 1907, John and Ellen are married. They go on an insanely long honeymoon. I think it was like a freaking year long, which... Is that a thing they did back then? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Is that what they did back then? You go on a year-long honeymoon. I mean, if you had the money, probably. Yeah. Good lord. Well, during that time, Ellen makes a friend in Kenya by the name of. Uh, I hope I'm saying this right. Sukina, Sukini, Sukini, Sukina. S <laughs> u k e e n a. Sukina. Probably, I okay. don't know. We're going to go with Sukina. Okay. And if I'm saying it wrong, I'm really sorry. But I, I did Bunny Ears Friends because throughout the book, she says at times that uh, Sukina is like her sister, that uh, they're they're closer than anyone. And there's kind of a hint that there's a little bit more to it than that. Okay. But one way or another, those two are very, very close. And their relationship is really kind of formed when Ellen is struck ill and Sukina cares for her. And what she's struck ill by is basically an STD that her husband gave to her.
1: Of course it is. <laughs> because, you know, 38 year old and a 19 year old.
0: hmm. Yeah. So she she got struck down by this STD and was super duper sick. Sukina cared for her and this kind of cements their relationship so much so that when they come back from their honeymoon uh Ellen brings Sukina with her and brings her into the house and she becomes like her almost like a lady in waiting kind of thing okay um well on July 4th 1908 again this is still while they're on their honeymoon <laughs> <laughs> Ellen learns that she's pregnant Okay. Uh, but she does have a miscarriage. And again, she blames, she blames her husband for this. She thinks all of his affairs through the years are what's to blame for all of these things. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So they return home for their freakishly long honeymoon. Uh, and <laughs> they go to, to the construction site where the house is being f- uh, finished up. And are talking to some of the people working on the crew. And the crew is like, oh, hey, by the way, as we were digging and excavating for the house, we did find some Indian artifacts <laughs> buried here. No. <laughs> the shake of the head. No.
1: You don't build anything else. Yeah. You don't build. You just stop. hmm
0: Did the Lake Shawnee amusement park just <laughs> <does> nothing? <laughs> or right. poltergeist? Don't oh gosh. build on an Indian burial ground.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. So Evan heard me like say something about Lake Shawnee Amusement Park. and He goes, I want to go there. And I was like, no, no, we don't. <laughs> and he goes, well, I want to go ride rides. And I was like, "Not. it's not opened anywhere. It's abandoned. He goes, yeah, I don't want to go anymore.
0: <laughs> no, I just wanted to ride the rides. <laughs> yeah. Especially not the swing ride. Don't go on the swing ride.
1: Yeah. I was like, they're all torn down. And it's like, he's like, well, they can just rebuild on top of it. I was like, no, nope. no, they can't. <laughs> nope.
0: <laughs> they tried that. Didn't work. Right. Uh, so anyways, they're back. The house is getting finished up. They're like, oh, by the way, it's buried on, it's built on a burial ground. And Sukina <laughs> tells Ellen, hey, listen. I got some bad feelings about this place. Like, there's there's some bad energy here. And Ellen's like, yeah, but have you seen the size of this house? This is impressive. We're just going to go ahead and move in anyway. So <laughs> so they do. Uh, and to literally no one's surprise, weird and creepy shit suddenly starts happening in the house. Yep. <laughs> of course it's going to. Uh, people... Just start randomly going missing, which this to me, and this in Rose Red in the miniseries too, is so scary that people are just vanishing, like within yeah. the walls of the house. They're just, they're just gone without a trace. Right. That's creepy.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't want a house so big that you lose people <laughs> and not just because they get lost.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like the house is eating people. Right. Right. Um, also creepy, ghoulish apparitions start appearing, which is just a big bag of nope. I don't. A nope. A nope, nope. Well, Ellen goes to visit a medium who basically just agrees with her that she's like, yeah, no, your, your house is haunted. I can tell from here. Um, uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, the lady didn't come to the house. Yeah. So she, she couldn't really offer up more than that. She was just like, oh yeah, no. I'm no not worried. stepping foot there. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) I have heard some shit. And mm
1: -hmm. I don't even have to go near it. I can feel the energy radiating off of you.
0: She's saging her while she's talking. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's. (sighs) So September 9th, 1909, Ellen and John welcome a son who they named Adam. It should have been a time of celebration. But young servant girls kept going missing in the house.
1: Okay, is that because the husband is
0: a creep? Um, Yes. Okay. Because now these ghostly images keep coming to Ellen and kind of showing her a little bit of what's happening to these girls. And it's not good. It's not good. And John's not the yeah. only one in on it. Oh, gross. Yeah. Uh, so Ellen begins to think the house is telling her something with these visions which it is so she contacts a medium and asks her to come to the house for a seance now this is a different medium the other one was like bitch no okay. i ain't going in there <laughs> she was a real one <laughs> she was she was like "Fucking okay, no uh-uh. well this one is coming from europe so basically she doesn't know any better because she yeah, hasn't she, heard anything yeah. about the house <laughs> so she reaches out to this lady Which, you know, it's not like now where you're, like, texting, hey, can you come over? Like, this is, she has to mail something. It's going to take a long time for it to reach her and then for her to arrange to come. It's going to be, like, at least a year. Right. Well, as Ellen waits for this uh, medium to come, on April 9th, 1911, she gives birth to a little girl that she names April. Born in April, names her April. Okay. Well, April is born with a withered arm, um, yeah. which again, Ellen is convinced is because of her husband's indiscretions. I think she's onto something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, finally, the medium shows up and delivers a chilling message from the spirits in the house. They say sin is where it starts, sin is where it stops. Build me to the heavens before the next man drops. And it follows up by saying, life forever, life without death. Keep building and you shall build life without death or fear. Okay. (laughs) Listen. If my house says sin is where it starts, sin is where it stops. Build me to the heavens before the next man drops. I'm moving. I'm fucking moving. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I'm not sinking any more money into this house.
0: <laughs> oh, Devil House is alive. Okay. Yeah. Mm.
1: <laughs> like, how do I know when the next man is going to drop and I haven't reached it yet? Yeah. I'm
0: and have you ever go. tried to base like things on contractors? They are not reliable. <laughs> like, I don't want people not to be dropping all. dead because I can't get a plumber to return my phone call.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so true. I can't get a freaking landscaper to contact me. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. And
0: what are you going to say to him? Are you going to say, people will (laughs) die.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I need a retaining wall. Or else. (laughs) Or else.
0: (sighs) Okay, so instead of running, like a lot of us would, Ellen. She starts building. Starts building. Um a bunch of other shit unfolds that's really compelling, but again, uh I, I don't wanna I don't wanna spoil the book. So for the sake of comparison, we're gonna we're gonna skip to the end and say that in nineteen fifty, at the age of seventy, Ellen Rimbauer was walking in one of the hallways and like so many people before in Rose Red, she vanished never to be seen again. Nope. <laughs> the house couldn't even save her. No, the cou- The house decided to eat her at the end. And, and that's what I'm going to say. It's eating people. I don't care. <laughs> it's eating. Yeah. yeah. Okay. so It's like now- the Home Alone, the little furnace. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What if that's what happened? Oh, that scene was scary as shit. I didn't like that. <laughs> <sighs> okay. So let's compare her to the real woman who inspired this all. Sarah Sarah Winchester. She was born, Sarah Party, uh, in New Haven, Connecticut in 1839, which, okay. if we do the math, is 50 years before the fictional Ellen would have been born. Okay. On September 30th, 1862, Sarah married William Wilt Winchester, who was not twice her age. In fact, okay. he was only 2 years older than her.
1: Okay, that's better.
0: Yes. She was 23 and he was 25. Okay. I was also 23 when I got married. <laughs> at the time it seemed perfectly fine. Now I'm like, we were really young. I got married at 26. See, even that sounds a little better. I don't know. I I mean, it's working out for us clearly, but it just seems so <laughs> It young. is. Okay, so Sarah's family did have money, but not like the Winchesters. William's father was Oliver Winchester, the owner of the Winchester Repeating Arms Company. Yeah. Um, so all of the Winchester guns, that's that's his family. They had what can only be described as a shit ton of money. <laughs> Right. Shit time. These people were freaking loaded. Four years into their marriage, Sarah and William welcomed a baby girl named Annie Party Winchester. Annie April. There's definitely a callback there. Yes. Annie was born. This is really sad. Annie was born June 15th, 1866. She died July 25th of the same year. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, this sweet baby suffered from what's called, and I hope I'm not saying this wrong, r a s M-A-R-A-S-M-U-S. Maramus. It basically means her body was unable to metabolize proteins. Okay. And she ended up dying of malnutrition because of it. Which is horrible. I, and I'm guessing modern medicine probably has some way to help yeah overcome this now but at that time they didn't they didn't have anything they could do for it the couple never had another child after that which i can kind of understand i mean that's
1: worried that another child will have to go through that not knowing again modern medicine that you're a carrier of that gene, like there's a bunch into it, but exactly yeah, I can understand why.
0: Yeah. Sadly that would not be the last tragedy to befall Sarah. In eighteen eighty one, she lost her mother, her father in law, and her husband, all within a one year span. Ugh. Yeah. William That's her, Yeah. Her husband died of tuberculosis not because the house was pissed at him <laughs> okay <laughs> um keep in mind that they were still living in new haven at this point the winchester mystery mansion is in san jose california yeah which, Oh, i got a friend that lives there yes you do mm-hmm. um which means her husband and child never lived in the historical in the house winchester mansion So that's a huge difference between this story is that all of this drama was not unfolding in the, the mystery mansion. That was just her project. Well, Sarah was devastated, as pretty much anybody would be. Yeah. The one thing she had going for her was a massive fucking fortune. Let me break this down for you. This is this is like 1881, right? Yeah. In 1881... She had a fortune of twenty million dollars, plus fifty percent of Winchester's stock options in her name. By today's That's like equivalent <laughs> Okay. <laughs> By today's standard, that would be six hundred million dollars.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, maybe one billion, which is
0: only four million, four hundred million short. Yeah. I mean but, but you have to consider enough. the stock options too. Right. So it's not like you know like a like a trust fund baby that just has this lump of money and that's it. Like she has this large lump of money, but then she also has that so the stock, stock option money coming yeah. in constantly.
1: So yeah, she was probably the first
0: billionaire. Yeah. She <sighs> and that that amount of money just does not even seem real to me. No. Like no good for her um well this amount of money allowed her to move to san jose california where members of the party side of her family lived and to buy what started out as a small two-story farmhouse with 161 acres of land which she called (laughs) yeah lanada villa which translates to house on flat flat land (laughs) (laughs) it sounds much prettier in spanish (laughs) yes uh little lanada villa would later become the mystery mansion and now no one that we know of died during construction of the house or while sarah lived there for that matter okay but construction did stretch on for 38 years, right up until Sarah's death.
1: 38 years. Yes.
0: Like constantly hearing hammering and work crews. And and we're going to go into like why on some of this later on. But here's, here's another thing. This is a woman who, she did have a family member that lived with her for a little while, but not for very long. So a lot of this time... She's living alone, and yeah. I'm wondering, having the work crews there, hearing the activity of the work crews, did it maybe help her feel a little less lonely? Possibly. Like, there's always somebody there.
1: Yeah. She didn't want to go out and find another man, but she didn't want to be alone. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I could see that. Um, she employed a, a crew of contractors to keep construction going year round every year year round they were working on it at its largest the house was seven stories tall and Holy. S- yeah somewhere between 500 and 600 rooms <laughs> like so many rooms you can't even get an accurate count right <laughs> An earthquake hit the house in 1906, which knocked down the top four stories of the house. Okay. During that, that earthquake and all the rubble that fell, Sarah was trapped in what she called the tulip room uh, and had to be dug out. She was trapped in there and had to be dug out of that room. Okay. She never built the house higher after the earthquake and no, because she, called- she was like, I have
1: it follow on me again. Yeah.
0: And she also <laughs> never f- stepped foot back in the tulip room after that. She was like, fuck that. I was yeah. buried alive in there. I'm not going back in there.
1: <laughs> I saw some things.
0: Yeah. Mm-mm. Okay. So why did she continue to build? There are three different schools of thought on this that we're going to talk about. Okay. Some believe, and this is the idea that Stephen King mirrored in his his book, that uh, Sarah spoke to a medium, which at that time period, that was all the rage. Absolutely. Everybody was doing that. It is said that the medium told her that many lives had been lost because of Winchester guns, which was where the majority of her money came from. And that if she wanted to escape the fury of the spirits, she needed to keep building the house. If she stopped, she would be haunted. To avoid that, she kept building until the very day she died. Which was in 1922, at the age of 83 from congestive heart failure. When the construction crew learned that she had passed they stopped whatever they were doing and left. <laughs> so like a lot of those projects were left undone. They just, they yeah. just walked. Which is interesting. Probably
1: afraid they weren't going to get paid.
0: Yeah, probably. They were like, well, she's, she's done. So, <laughs> yeah. And knowing there was no one else that lived at the estate that could just like start signing their checks for them. Right. Um, Another theory has to do with the depress- depression that she suffered after all of the losses that she experienced. Yeah. Um, she consult... Th- this theory says that she consulted her doctor and he told her to occupy her mind with something she was passionate about. And architecture and building was a hobby she had shared with her husband and truly enjoyed it. Um, I'll be honest, this... This one makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. She was sad. She loved building. She had a limited, limitless amount of money. I mean, who doesn't have a constant list of shit you want to do around your house? Oh, my gosh. I swear mine's overflowing. Exactly. There's, there's just, there's always stuff that you want to do. And if money was no object, you could do whatever the hell you wanted. Even right. if you ma- it made no damn sense, but it was, it was cool to you, you could do whatever you wanted. Right. So, I mean, I get that. And the architecture and the building, she designed all of it. She didn't go to an architect and say, oh, wow. like, I want this done. She designed it all herself. So there's, you know, there seems to be something to that. Yeah. The third one... And there's, there's a lot of people that really support this one. Um, it says she designed her house following the teachings of Francis Bacon and that every aspect of it had to do with numbers and their meanings. Under Francis Bacon's teachings, the only way to reveal all that nature conceals is through the science of numbers, which I really think if your husband ever does, <laughs> dug into that it would probably make all the sense in the world to him probably um there is a lot to this particular theory and i read some of it i will be very honest and say it i can't follow it it makes no sense to me i mean there's there's things about like even her husband's name that it was three w's all of it like (laughs) it translates to numbers and they're i i don't understand it yeah Um, but if anyone listening wants to learn more about that, seriously, just do a search on Sarah Winchester and Francis Bacon's teaching, and there's a whole bunch that will come up. Maybe it'll make sense to you.
1: (laughs) Our creative brains don't work logically numberly.
0: No, (laughs) no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So it's really hard to wrap our minds around that.
0: Yeah, I couldn't. Like,
1: I had a conversation with Scott about, like, the inner monologue stuff. Yeah. (laughs) He doesn't.
0: I don't understand that.
1: I I don't. And, like, I don't get certain things because it's like, really? Like, you don't put voices to people, like, that you're talking about in your head? It's like, no. That's so weird. (laughs) I know. So it's like, that's where I can
0: see, like, numbers-based
1: people Could probably understand it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It didn't make any sense to me. So if anybody listening wants to do a search and figure it out, go for it. I could not, could not wrap my mind (laughs) around it. Okay. So we've talked about the reasons why she kept working on the house. Let's touch on a bit of the mysterious elements of the manor. Okay. First -hmm. of all, it has a labyrinth design of like maze, like corridors and dead ends. So no, nope. <laughs> you actually could get lost in this house. That's <laughs> people getting lost in Rose Red. You really could get lost here. Yeah, there are passages and stairways that act like shortcuts from one area of the house to another, which completely completely made me think of the movie Clue. <laughs> yes, uh, there are stairways that lead to nowhere; they just abruptly end at the ceiling. Mm -hmm. There are doors that open to nowhere. So you see like this big ornate door. You open it up. There's literally a wall right there. It doesn't go anywhere. There are 47 chimneys. 47? (laughs) Yeah. Skylights covered by roofing. Skylights in the floor with like (laughs) railings around them.
1: Uh, so you can like look down at people. Yeah, on, uh, like, absolutely. So I wonder if that was the ceiling. And then they like, just kept going. Point, and then they just kept going. So then
0: it became like. So I have down. no idea. Um, there are tiny doors that no one could ever fit through. Large Wonderland, <laughs> yeah. Large doors <laughs> leading to small spaces. Upside down pillars countless other oddities, and a favorite for you and I, ghosts. Ghosts. Yes. (laughs) The Winchester Mansion is rumored to be haunted. Probably. (laughs) Maybe it's not haunted. Maybe people literally just got lost and are trying to find their way out. Possibly. (laughs) Possibly. Uh, there are two primary kind of haunts that have been experienced in the manor. The first being a residual haunt, which is where a spirit is kind of caught in a loop, doing the same thing over and over and over. Okay. In this case, it's called uh, this guy's called the wheelbarrow ghost, and he's a friendly fella who worked at the manor, and he can he's often seen at the fireplace filling his wheelbarrow full of ash or coal. Ash. Okay. There is a picture, and I'm going to share this on our social media, of a work crew and people who have seen the ghost believe it to be the guy on the end whose name was Clyde. Okay. Clyde did not die at the house, but maybe his energy kind of imprinted on the location. Yeah. Which can happen. Um, I have no idea. Also, I really hope that it's just his energy and not his spirit trapped in this endless loop to clean out that fireplace. Right.
1: This was the best time of my life.
0: Oh, Oh, Clyde. (laughs) So sad. Or Maybe it's one of those things that like, kind of like when you're going to leave your house and you're like, did I turn the flat iron off? And you have to go back in and do it again. So maybe it's like he's on his way to hit the eternal oblivion. And he's like, did I clean out the fireplace? And then he has to go back and do it one more time
1: <laughs> for all eternity. Uh, that will be me and you both getting stuck in the loop of the flat iron. <laughs> no. yeah.
0: On our way to the afterlife. Oh, shit. Did I turn off my flat iron? I got to go back. <laughs> Unplagging my flat iron for the rest of eternity. <laughs> yep. Okay. The second kind of hauntings are intelligent ones. This is when paranormal entities attempt to interact with the living. People who have visited the manor have reported feeling tugs on their shirt or their skirt, hearing footsteps, seeing shadowy figures roaming down the halls and around corners, and human shapes can also be seen in the windows from time to time creepy I have a picture that someone took that it makes it look like there is a floating entity in one of the pictures and I am going to post that as well because I saw it and I was like yeah that's at first I thought it was like faked because it's so obvious that there's something there and maybe it is but if it's not that's pretty cool (laughs) yeah so I will share that as well
1: so we will have to fly out to San Jose, go visit with Shan, and then go to the house.
0: Okay. I'm good. for it. Let's go. <laughs> um, maintenance crews have felt a hand on their back when they're on a ladder. Like someone to is trying to support them? Yeah. Like somebody is trying to steady them. <laughs> Please How... don't fall. How cool don't is that? Here. <laughs> I got you. I got you. You're good. Yeah. A favorite story of mine. Remember the tulip room that Sarah yes. never ventured back in? Um, There have been reports of people that are going on a tour of the manor. And when they go into the tulip room, they hear an exasperated sigh from outside. <laughs> <sighs> Let's all go in there. Yes. She's like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the ceilings gonna fall on you yeah.
0: why are you going in there like she's looking out for people she's holding them up when they're on their ladder she's Hi. but then they go in there and she's like well i can't help you in there that's all uh, i'm not going <laughs> so what i got from all of this was that clearly there's ghosts there but they seem friendly like they seem yeah
1: these are not They don't seem like as haunted as Rose Red.
0: No. They're these are not malevolent ghosts. These are these are some cool folks. Yeah.
1: Do you remember the other show that Stephen King had, the miniseries, um Kingdom Hospital?
0: You know what? I didn't watch all of that. I watched some of it.
1: I watched most of it and I didn't finish the last season, I believe, but it was so good.
0: Was it? Yeah. I'll have to look for that one, too. It
1: was creepy and
0: awesome. Do you remember when King made an appearance on Sons of Anarchy? No. He was just in one episode, and he was like a guy that disposed of bodies, and he just came in, (laughs) and he was like, you know, you don't ask him any questions. He just makes the bodies disappear. (laughs) Nice. It was so great. I just remember it was just so out of pocket that there was just suddenly, oh, (laughs) That's oh. about right.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's fitting for him. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Um, the house was purchased by a man who, for a while, thought about turning it into a theme park and building a roller coaster through the manor. No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, enough people spoke out about that and against that, wanting to preserve the house the way yeah. that it is so thankfully that never happened
1: good oh
0: the manor opened up for tours and is still to this day available to be toured so absolutely we can go to san jose and we can make this happen um and i think i think that's about all i got more so because my computer has decided to lock up <laughs> and i can't turn anymore <laughs> Yeah. That's been
1: your luck the last week and a half with
0: computers. It really is. <laughs> uh, yeah, the only, I, I got my computer to work. There we go. Uh, the only thing I have left is that it, it's this is definitely a mysterious place. There's a lot of yes. oddities there, but it doesn't have the ominous deathly feel to it that Rose Red did. So. Right. It's still cool well, as well. Well, this also. was fun. Yeah. I like it. So which theory do you think is right? What Do you think it was the numbers thing? Do you think it was a medium? No, I definitely think it was her depression. I can see that.
1: And her wanting some kind of closeness with people, mm-hmm. like them to be there at the house. Like, that's what it feels like.
0: And if somebody has enough money and they're paying you and they're like, build me a staircase that ends at the ceiling. Yeah. And I'm going to pay you this much money, and you're like, okay.
1: Right. And you can live in the house rent free. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> Dinners at eight. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And from the sounds of it, she was she was a nice lady. I mean, yeah. So that's that's what I think. So. Yep, I agree. Yeah. All right, that's all. I, I can't have get here. my head around
1: the numbers. I know.
0: Well, even the size of the house, 500 to 600 rooms. Right. And of course you can't count that many because after a while you're like, I have no idea. I've lost right. count. Was she trying to go for a hotel? Like, Maybe. That would be yeah. a cool ass hotel. Yeah. Except for guests constantly getting lost. <laughs> right. <sighs> yeah. So you do you have any idea what your next episode's going to be?
1: I don't know. <laughs> So fun. Thought, We're all surprised. I know. It'll be a surprise because it'll be a surprise to me. Awesome.
0: <laughs> well, I have my next one that I'm gonna be doing picked out. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna do Candy Montgomery. Never who, heard of that. Who name. um killed her former lover's wife with an axe. There have recently been two ma- movies made about her.
1: Wait, is she the uh the clown lady? No. D- did you hear about that one? <laughs> yes,
0: that one I did hear about and if you okay. can if you can find a movie or something based on her, absolutely do that. Uh this one Jessica Biel started starred in a series based uh based off of this called Candy. Okay. Okay. And HBO Max is airing one right now called Love and Death that stars Elizabeth Olson. So,
1: okay. um, oh, the new show that I was like, that sounds intriguing.
0: It, yeah. it really is. It really is. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to we're going to talk about that. And uh, yeah. yeah, we're going to talk a little axe murder. Are you throwing Lizzie Borden in there? I might. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done <laughs> Lizzie Borden yet.
1: We haven't.
0: Which is surprising. I think I'm I waiting know. until we can actually go to the Lizzie Borton house.
1: I think so. <laughs> yeah. We have lots of places to go. Can can y'all please like help support us so we can make some content of places that we've been to, please?
0: Yes, please. <laughs> oh, we'll record about it or while we're there. It'll be great. Yeah.
1: Ooh, recording while we're there.
0: I know. I would love to. Yeah recording at the Winchester mansion are you kidding me
1: yeah, yeah. maybe so, we can get some
0: if you're listening and you like our episodes show us a little love we love you and yeah. we want to continue to grow the content the bleh, the podcast and create new content for you so yes and if you can't just keep listening
1: because that supports us too
0: that's right all right <laughs> i think that's all we got for today ma'am
1: i think that is until next time bye Bye.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Mimesis. If you enjoy this podcast, by all means, tell your friends about it and give us a review on whatever platform you listen on. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks.